Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking conventions, specifically the Democratic National Convention, which has never been to Las Vegas. Is it time? The DNC is reportedly considering Las Vegas, Chicago, and Nashville as possible sites. So for this very special episode, I sat down with CityCast Chicago host Jacoby Cochran, I'm a big fan of his, and we debated the merits of hosting the DNC in our respective cities. Windy Chicago versus Gross Desert Vegas. It's Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. I'm your host, David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Jacoby. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. I appreciate you for having me. David, I'm excited to talk to you. When you first heard the news, what was your reaction? We get this all the time, right? Because Las Mm -hmm. Vegas is a destination. We have all the convention space. We have all the hotel rooms. We have all the amenities. It's a fantastic place. We're often used as one of those uh, devices for places that really want something to Mm kind of say, well, it could go to Las Vegas, you know, or we could do it here. So, you know, the, the, the Oakland A's are playing with us right now too. They're like, (laughs) Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to move our baseball team there. uh, Oakland. So, you know, that's all happening, but you know, uh, I think our time is ripe to be on that national stage. We've we've done some political events here that have gone off really well. We've done a lot of events. We just had the Grammys here. Uh, we are now a sporting city. We've, mm-hmm. we've got professional sports teams. We beat your Blackhawks all the time. Uh, we See, I, I were ready to beat your there. Bears. I knew Come you on. was going to go there at some oh, point. I mean, you, know. you could beat us, but is you going to lift the title? You know, well, you know, there you <laughs> go. You go lift the championship. I, I'm, but we're I, new. We're babies. I, I feel but yeah, that. it's coming up. It's coming up. So yeah, you know, it, it would be great to to be the focus of of that type of attention. And I, I don't know if our city leaders are actively pursuing it or not. But you know, if if it seems though it's coming here, we could certainly accommodate it, and we we would mm-hmm. definitely revel in it. Yeah. Chicago is similarly built to host a Democratic National Convention, large conventions, large sporting events. I mean, in my lifetime, they've thrown around the Olympics. I saw the president step out and and get elected uh, in Grant Park. And when I found out about the news, I honestly, I wasn't too shocked about it. I was a little surprised at how far along in the process our city leaders were. Governor J.B. Pritzker, uh, Mayor Life, Senator Tammy Duckworth, who's also the DNC vice chair, uh, had been working along with Robin Kelly and Senator Dick Durbin to kind of move this process forward. And when, and when Chicago is interested in putting in a big bid, you do see a little more collaboration from our, our political leaders. So I wasn't surprised, but, you know, I, I don't know if I was enthralled. I was excited. I, I, I think there's a lot of. Uh, questions that need to be answered. You know, we're still moving through a pandemic. And while the city, you know, is is sort of getting back to normal, whatever the hell that is, with Lollapalooza coming back at full scale this summer, it's it's going to be an interesting time. And, and I wonder if a convention in in the middle of 2024 is, is going to be right for the city. But you know, we're definitely capable of hosting it. You mentioned Vegas has a has a history of you know hosting large events everybody's aware of that but in terms of a political history you mentioned that y'all have hosted some some political events you know what scale have those been to 
Well, you know, not not on the scale of a of a political party's major convention, though mm-hmm. we have put in bids for that before. I, I mean, again, we can't accommodate it. Uh, you know, in 2020, the spotlight was on us. Uh, we hosted one of the uh, important Democratic primaries, uh, the debates here. The Democratic presidential debate, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. And that was staged in, in, in true Las Vegas fashion. So I, I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Democrats Nobody got into any kind of major trouble. You, you didn't find uh, Bernie in the strip club or uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, jumping into the Bellagio fountains or anything like that. So... Um, we can do it. We can absolutely do it. Now, the question is, do we want to do it? <laughs> the county commission is the real powerhouse of our, our government down here in Las Vegas. I don't know if they'd be interested in pursuing it. And then we also have um, this Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. They're always in the conversation for bringing people to Las Vegas because of all the moving parts and, and all that stuff. And so uh, I haven't heard anything from them either. Uh, but I, I think that they would all consider it to be a boon to the economy and also a spotlight on some of these important issues, both for the West, for Las Vegas, and for the country. Issues involving water, there's issues involving immigration, there's a lot of issues that are going to be key to uh, the Democrats for their next election cycle, for their next presidential yeah. cycle. And, and Las Vegas seems in a lot of ways to be the perfect place. I mean, our demographic almost identically mirrors that of the country in very few places can say that. I think uh, as far as diversity goes, we're uh, up there as the, I think, the third most diverse state in in the country in terms of racial and ethnic diversity. So that's Nevada. I, I know Illinois has a really rich history of hosting these conventions going back to the 1800s. Can you run through some highlights for me? Chicago's history runs deep with these national conventions. We actually hosted the second ever Republican National Convention in a wood cabin in what is now downtown. And that was the the RNC in which they elected Abraham Lincoln. And, and the one that is probably most remembered, which is 1968, earlier that year, Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Uh, we were about 13 years into the Vietnam War and the country was starting to fracture and split over that more and more. Uh, and so there was a police riot that took place at the the DNC during that year. It's a big crowd and it's grown progressively larger as this day has worn on. By late afternoon, when this film was made, over 10,000 demonstrators were gathered in Chicago's Grant Park, not far from the Hilton Hotel. The demonstrators are determined to march- The Mayor Daley at the time called in thousands of police officers. There were uh, riots at Lincoln Park the, the night before the DNC started, the riots at Grant Park, in which police indiscriminately uh, beat uh, protesters, maced protesters. Um, and, and that really kind of put the pause on national conventions. Um, also, on the inside of the convention, the, the Democratic Party was fractured. They were trying to figure out which way they were moving in the Vietnam War. And, and so it was a long time until the Democratic National Convention came back. And that was in 1996 uh, during Clinton's reelection bid. And so while Chicago has this very long history of hosting conventions, I will say one of the pros and one of that one one thing that that history shows is that not only is our country always in kind of tragic and tumultuous times, uh, but in some of the biggest times, 
right? As the nation was considering its relationship to slavery, as the nation was considering how to move through the depression, as we were in the middle of Vietnam War, you know, as we were in the middle of our, the transformation of our economic and our criminal justice system in the 90s, they turned to Chicago. Yeah, and understandably so. I mean, it's, it's a weighty city. Uh, it has definitely been in the conversation for almost as long as this country's been around, right? As soon as Illinois came on the scene, uh, Chicago is right there. And with 2024, we are once again, you know, at a place in our country's history where we are being torn. You know, the, the Democratic Party is trying to figure out what it is and how it will move forward. You know, one thing we both have in common is that the... Uh, beginning of the pandemic and, you know, after some national events caused people to sort of take to the streets, our, both our cities saw protests mm-hmm. in, in ways that we hadn't seen before here in Las Vegas and, and my understanding that hadn't been seen in Chicago for a while. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's a fear in either one of our cities that those whose voices are possibly being excluded from the conversation at a Democratic National Convention Uh, would take to the streets, would uh, find that protest voice again uh, and and really challenge the the status quo of their party in a way that, uh, you know, the the, the powers that be might be afraid of? That's a very great question. And that leads to me directly into why, you know, I don't want the Democratic National Convention in Chicago for all of the reasons that I've said the nation has turned to this city um, in, in some very crucial moments. I also think back to that 1968 convention and the time we are in now is eerily similar. You know, just a few years ago, as protesters tried to topple the Columbus statue in Grant Park, cops indiscriminately beat the hell out of them. And of course, you have reports of people, you know, in 68 pelting rocks and people throwing pop pop cans in, in, in 2020. But it still shows we saw in the protests of 2020 across the city, we had protests And time and time again, police showed themselves to be aggressors, to be violent, um, to be ready to to carry out assault on, on citizens and journalists and kids. And I do fear that a mayor that has continued to align herself with the police, you know, a, a Democratic Party and a president that continues to align itself with police, that that those two things will come to a head because that is a conversation within the party, both in our city and on a national level. It's what is our future relationship uh, to police and to authority? And, and I do imagine that uh, with a city that has as strong an organiz- organizing presence as Chicago, people will use that opportunity to come out and to continue to say what they demand for their communities, what they want to see these parties represent locally and nationally. And right now, I don't think they align. And and I don't trust our mayor, uh, our superintendent um, to lead the police in a peaceful uh, and manageable way. I think over the last two years, Chicago has continued uh, to show itself at a city level is not interested in having uh, clear conversations with people who dissent with the status quo. And the DNC is the embodiment of the status quo. Yeah. And, you know, as a new city, um, I think Las Vegas is very worried about a lot of these things and not having the sort of tradition or the context to, to deal with it. Las Vegas has always been very insecure about its place in the world. You know, uh, we often talk in, in terms here 
about new projects making us a, a first-class city or a, an adult city or a city to be taken seriously as though we haven't for the last you know 100 years that we've been around and i guess to a certain degree there is a perception of us but then there's also the reality of the over you know two million people who live here and who mm-hmm. who make it their home and who put their um, lives here and their families are raised here and, and all that but I guess the point being that, you know, it, it could be a huge draw that our city is neither prepared for, uh, nor would we necessarily want anything to happen that could theoretically embarrass the city or make us look like something less than the city we strive to be uh, mm-hmm. to the world's eye. And that could be a real dangerous combination, too. Yeah. I feel bad on the inside. Yeah. When you said embarrassed, my first reaction was like, what could happen to embarrass people but it's not las vegas that's embarrassing people go to las vegas and embarrass themselves um but but you also mentioned the the perception there there was this sun times columnist some guy wrote and honestly i I ain't even like the quote when i saw it but he said why consider vegas all the hotel rooms in sodom and gomorrah already booked you know how do you feel when people kind of refer to the city with these stereotypes and and and, you know kind of laugh off the seriousness of, of vegas you know, it's funny. It, it, it's the lifeblood of our economy. We, we don't have the most diverse economy. I mean, the state is very important to the country with regard to mining. But more than, than that, uh, we are hospitality and tourism, and we offer something, as much as people try to replicate it, is unlike anywhere else in the world. It, at least that's my opinion of it. Uh, we are the best at what we do. And part of that is to put out this perception that you could do and be whatever you want here. You could think of us any way that you want, but keep coming. Right. And so, you know, calling us Sodom and Gomorrah. okay, it it hurts, Jacoby. It it hurts, (laughs) you know. Uh, all the churchgoers and uh, the people who are trying to make a difference and the change and, and live a good life, it hurts. But uh, seriously, it doesn't matter because people want to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. If you had a chance to pick any place in the Bible that you'd want to kind of check out as long as you weren't going to be turned to a pillar of salt, heck, Sodom and Gomorrah is right at the top. It you know, sounded fun. It was, it was getting lit, lit. Let's be real. You know, the, the reality of it is we are a tourist town and we cater to we can't just cater to one small group. We have to cater to everybody to keep the Ponzi scheme of our city alive, you know. And so, you know, and we got baby Keem. <laughs> so we just won his Grammy in his hometown. So, uh, you know. We're, we're going to have some great entertainment at that uh, DNC co- uh, convention when it comes here. Uh, we're going to have some uh, wonderful food for people to eat. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look, people have the stereotypes. Uh, it's all buffets and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sex on the streets. and this and, But, you know, there's also everything that you would want here. So I, I appreciate the Sun-Times. I appreciate the New York Times. I appreciate all the times that are constantly crapping on our city because it's a fun joke. And why not? Uh, we don't dissuade it. I think that the the Convention and Visitors Authority and everyone else, that you've seen the commercials, mm-hmm. they, they, they wink, they nod, yeah. they want it. So I, it, it's there. It's there. I, I, on the other hand, I no shout out to the Times. No shout out to national media. <laughs> when people have Chicago's name in their mouth, it is with such disrespect. Right. Like I, I understand that they celebrate our culture and our sports and our and our views and our skylines and our diversity and our rich history. But the DNC, the RNC, national politics and, and local need to be held accountable that Chicago for so long has been used as a Petri dish in which they uh, 
design modern day segregation in which the same communities that they shit on are are a consequence of the disinvestment that we exported to the rest of this country. And so one hand, political parties should come to Chicago and be held accountable and create a plan and a vision here that will will right some of those wrongs. But that is unlikely to happen. What is likely to happen is in the months leading up to the DNC, we will see these beautification efforts where they tear up encampments, right? Mm -hmm. Where they try to fix a couple of roads and put up a couple of flags and throw some flowers out there. And and then in the national media, they'll talk about our violence and our crime and, and our carjacking. And at no point we'll talk about how much this city has taken from residents. And so I do not... Personally, I do not want them to come here and use us as a prop um, mm. f- for their for political fantasy, uh, and and so so put some respect on our name. But 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 maybe take your DNC to Vegas. Yeah, well, and again, they could do whatever they want here. <laughs> we, we we have a lot of those same issues. We just don't talk about it as adult or as thoughtfully as you do. So, <laughs> you know, you're my inspiration now. Uh, and DNC, if you're coming here, don't expect to get a free ride. I mean, you might get some free free buffets, <laughs> but you're not going to get a free ride. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. You know, it's funny. We're probably going to have another one of these. We're going to like Nashville. What happened? Right. When they, when they pick Nashville, we'll, we'll come back and talk about this. Cities have until October to put their pitches in when the DNC will ultimately choose. Uh, regardless of how you feel, pros and cons, um, I'm, I'm excited to see how this process folds out, how the cities are covered uh, in the aftermath of their decision. Uh, David, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I'm excited for this CityCast, Las Vegas, Chicago crossover. And oh, we got some more in the future. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, everyone. It's producer Layla Mohammed, and here's a little extra news before we let you go. If it seems to you that driving in Las Vegas is more dangerous these days, the numbers say you're not wrong. Traffic fatalities in Nevada fell in the first quarter of 2022, except in Clark County. Here, they're up 23% compared to this time last year. Stay tuned for our Thursday episode where David will take a closer look at traffic with Nevada Department of Transportation Director Christina Swallow. Starting in August, UNLV will become a smoke-free campus. No cigarettes and no vaping, whether you're a student or professor, and it doesn't matter if you're outdoors. This new policy caps 20 years of efforts to ban smoking on campus. It apparently took the pandemic and its renewed emphasis on healthcare to get the measure enacted this time. That's all for today on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, and I know you enjoyed the show, go ahead and tell a friend. You can also rate it and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Get even more news when you subscribe to our excellent morning newsletter at lasvegas.citycast.fm. We'll be back in your feeds Thursday morning. Talk soon. You can also rate and review us on Applecast Podcasts.